Please have a seat this morning and welcome to New City Church. How are we doing? Good job, team. Awesome. You know, sometimes I really enjoy the stripped down and stripped back to worship. You know, because I was reflecting on this. Like sometimes, like today's WrestleMania. Did anybody, does anybody else care? Am I the only one? If you care, then you can hang with me this afternoon. Just let me know. And, um, but, um, but like it'll be a big spectacle tonight for us wrestling nerds, right? But there's so many lights and so many sounds that create this outward these outward things to get an inward emotion. Think about that. Outward things to generate an inward emotion. Man, it's powerful when you're able and you're at a place in your faith where you can come to church and let an inward power create an outward emotion. When it's something that's going on inside you, not because of the something that you hear or something that you see, but there's something going on within your life that allows you to maybe worship in a way that you might not normally worship. And man, that is what we're trying to accomplish and experience through this series called I Need a Miracle. We kicked it off last week on Resurrection Sunday. Welcome back. I see a lot of returning guests, second timers. If you missed last week, uh, man, you're going to be able to catch right up with what we're talking about. But um, we're going to start with a, a confession, okay? Now, this is my personal confession. And some of you can join with me in this confession. How many of you, if you're just being honest and you should because you're in church, you just don't like to be bothered? Come on, be honest. You just like don't want people to bother you. I don't like to be bothered either, right? Now, there is a movie clip that I want to show you that best represents this in my life, right? It's from the movie, my favorite comedy, not my favorite movie, my favorite comedy, Dumb and Dumber. You guys know this movie? Now if, you've, now, if you've never seen Dumb and Dumber, it's a story of two really dumb guys. I don't know which one's dumber. You guys can argue about that later, right? Harry and Lloyd, who are on their way to Aspen, California, to return a briefcase to the beautiful Mary. And through the storyline, Harry ends up on a date with Mary out on the ski slopes. And it's on the ski slopes that we kind of see the, how I, and maybe how some of you, deal with being worried. Let's watch this short clip together. I don't want to bore you with those. Thanks. Right? See, we just don't like to be bo- How many of you, you make an audible noise when your phone rings, and it's that person? Come on, you all have that one. When they call, you're like, oh, man, right? Or how about this? Like, there was a day in time uh, for you. I'm, 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 me too in this. I'm, I'm 40, but older than me. When your doorbell used to ring, you used to get all excited. Visitors. Now, when you're watching TV and your doorbell rings, what do you do? Gosh, who is it? Lock the doors. Is the door locked, right? But it's this attitude, right? Of, man, we just don't want to be bothered. Uh, sometimes we don't have a we we love we don't mind bothering people. Like, have you ever had got the wrong order at a restaurant? It's not what you ordered, and like you will start waving at that waiter, like you are trapped on a desert island and a plane's flying over, right? Like you're just trying to get their attention. Uh, you know, being light and kind of being silly, but there are also times in our life when oh wait wait I gotta say this I wrote this one down when you're moving. We don't have a problem bothering people when we're moving, do we? Some of you actually have just started attending this church. You've gotten into a city group because you're recently moving and you're just looking for help, right? That's why you're here today. Um, but but on, a, on a more serious note, like when things get really, really bad in life, we will bother people. Like really, really bad. And when, when your kid's really sick, when you're really, really broke, when you thought you would get a job much quicker than you've gotten one and it hasn't worked out, like when, when stuff in our own little context gets really stressed out and really bad, you won't mind bothering people. Last week, uh, on Resurrection Sunday, 
I asked if you would write down kind of your miracle. What are you asking the Lord to do? How might Jesus show up in your life to write it on a piece of fabric and can put it on this board over here to my right, your left? And we had, as you can tell, several, several of those miracles be written out. Now, the reason that's important is this morning, the majority of the people that I met when I said, hey, how are you doing? The response was, I'm good. Bull. Right? Like, like we're not good. And I, I'm going to add another layer to this. Uh, two months ago, we were in a series called What Happy Couples Know. You guys remember that series? It's a good, good couples kind of series. And on one of those weeks, uh, we provided a, a, just a big white box that represented our God box. And we just thought we were going to cast our cares on the Lord. And you were given little pieces of paper like this. And do you remember casting your cares and coming and dropping in the box? If you remember doing that, just raise your hand. So we kind of, we just casted our cares on this. And um, I don't know if you wanted me to or not, but I did. I read every single one of them. I did. I sat in the office that, that, that following week, and I read every single card, and the box was full. I read every single card. This is a small sample of them. The rest I shredded because they were very, very personal. But I kept a small sample of them. And as I read about people in the church that I have the privilege of pastoring, my heart became heavy because we're not good, church. Very few of the cards that were written on were thank yous and things are good. Most of the cards were heart-wrenching. And these are some that I've kept, and I've, I've read them several times, to be reminded that there's stuff going on in our life, and if Jesus doesn't show up, you're in trouble, and so am I. Are you with me? And so what I'm asking us to do going forward is to be honest with one another. If you want to go to Walmart and lie, that's fine. If you want to lie to the guy at Jimmy John's who's taking your order, that's fine. If you want to go to work and act like everything's fine, okay. But here in this place, can we have a level of honesty? Because there are people here, actually a lot of people in this room, who really care about what happens next in your life. We're not so much caught up in the past and all the mistakes and silly things you've done. We're concerned about what happens next. And the deal is, is that we're not as good as we want everybody to think we are. That's why this board is so important. Man, it has been my prayer for the last three weeks that Jesus would show up in your life. This morning, I want to read you a really fun story in the scripture where Jesus shows up. Okay, can you? so I want you to lean in. We're going to be in Mark chapter 10. And so this is one of those scriptures that I think would be really fun for you to unpack this week, week in some of your personal devotional time. But it's a story of a guy named Bartimaeus. So I'm going to let you turn there in your Bible, Mark chapter 10. It's on the insert. It's going to be on the screen. But I hope that you would take some notes this morning. I think that you might be uh, uh, impressed upon how miracles just might happen in your life. Okay? How miracles might happen in your life. Here we go, Mark chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 46 through 52. I'm reading now the New English Translation. Uh, there in the insert. As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, so you got Jesus, his disciples, and a whole bunch of other people that are leaving the city of Jericho, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. Real quick, I'm going to say this quickly. This is one of the few guys in the scripture, a guy who is going to be healed, who is actually named. Like he's given a name. A lot of times it's like the leper or it's the blind guy. This one is named. We know that he is Bartimaeus. And if you actually look in your scriptures, there'll be a parenthesis and it'll tell you a little bit more about Bartimaeus, who his dad is. I didn't include it in the text today. Why would Mark include that? Because Mark knows, just as we know, that there are sometimes people who don't believe there are skeptics. And when Mark included Bartimaeus, because this was written probably 30 years after the resurrection... 
So there's been three decades happened since Jesus resurrected from the grave and ascended to heaven. And so when Mark includes this story of Bartimaeus, there's people that when they see that in the town of Jericho that would have known, I knew him. Like he brings, uh, makes the story valid by giving a name that it's not just some fuzzy, hey, this could have happened. No, there was this guy Bartimaeus, like my dad knew Bartimaeus. My dad was a neighbor to Bartimaeus. Oh, my grandpa, he was there that day when that happened. Like he saw Bartimaeus get healed. And so it's fun in scripture if you're here, like this would have not continued to be faithful and making the rounds and being taught if it was not true. Because somebody would have said, I'm from Jericho. I've never heard of anybody named Bartimaeus. It brings, brings the story some validity. So anyway, here we go. As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard, because he couldn't see, when he heard that it was Jesus, the Nazarene, he began to shout. Can I shout real quick? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now many scolded him to get him to be quiet. Shh! But he shouted all the more, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, Have courage, get up, he is calling you. He threw off his cloak, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied, Rabbi, let me see again. That's important. Let me see again, which implies what? He had been able to see before. So there's a part in Bartimaeus' life where he had sight, and that sight has been taken from him. Some of you in this room, there was a time when you had health, and your health has been taken from you. There's some of you in this room who have had great wealth, and your wealth has been taken from you. There's some of you who used to be in a loving marriage, and that's been taken from you, right? There are things that we used to have, but we no longer have, and we find ourselves in quite the pickle. Anybody connect with that? There is something that you once had, and now you've lost that thing. Bartimaeus said, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the road. So we're going to talk this morning about some steps that we might discover in this passage on how you might discover your miracle. All right, so let's kind of jump in and make some deeper observations about this passage. First, I want us to fill in two quick ones that we find immediately in the story. Number one is this, when it's really, really bad, you have to make some what? Noise. When it's really, really bad, you have to make some noise. Now, we're not, we're honestly sometimes not that bad about making noise. We make social media noise. We get on our social media page and we post about how frustrated we are and how stupid other people are or what's going on. We, we make noise on social media. Some of us are good about going and making noise within our family. Like, you're, you're, I mean, your friends, when they see you coming, they're like, oh, here they go again. Because you're, you got the, you're, it's so bad that you just keep, keep, keep dishing out how woe is your life. And it's real. You're not making up. You're not being overdramatic. It's really bad. But, but it's, it's, it's point number two. Point number two is this. When it's really, really bad, you need to shout in the right direction. Kind of goes back to cast your cares on the Lord. We cast our cares and we shout in a number of directions except the direction. We have no problem telling our friends, telling our neighbor, telling our counselors, telling our priest, telling our pastor, telling anybody that will listen, but rarely do we stop and tell God. Bartimaeus figured this out. He had it bad. Not only was he blind, he was a blind beggar. Boy, does that sound like an awesome job career, huh? I mean, it's bad enough if you're blind, but if you're a blind and a beggar, Man, your life is... Now, we don't know how long he was a blind beggar, but even if he was a blind beggar for one day, that's one day too many. Amen? 
And so he's sitting there where he, he, he bothers people to get food. He bothers people to get income so that he can survive. And he hears some rumbling, and they say that Jesus is walking by. Now, Jesus wasn't a, Jesus wasn't a stranger. Jesus was famous. And people knew what this Jesus could do. And so Bartimaeus is sick and tired of being sick and tired. And Bartimaeus is in a really, really, really bad situation. And when his ears pick up that Jesus is walking by, he shouts, not at his neighbor. He starts aiming his voice in the direction that he thinks Jesus is coming. Church, here's what I want to ask you to do. Make some noise in the right direction. Make some noise in the right direction. I'm not telling you not to confide in your friends. I'm not telling you to stop talking to your mom. I'm just saying at the top of your list, priority number one is cast your cares on the Lord. Cast your cares on the Lord. Then talk to your pastor. Cast your cares on the Lord and then talk to your spouse. Talk to your friend. Talk to your neighbor. Talk to your best bud. But don't neglect the person. Amen? Make sure you see this in the scripture. Here we go. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to shout, Jesus! Like, I'm not talking to you other knuckleheads. I'm trying to get the man's attention. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many he scolded him to get him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David. See, when's the last time you've made such a racket to God that people that know you best are like, dude, you've got to let up? When's the last time you've cried out to Jesus the people are like, man, you're making a scene. Like, you don't really believe that. That's what that's will happen. Because you'll talk to somebody that you love about how you're praying. Maybe how, as you're going to hear me talk about later, that you're going to go to this prayer service that New City's doing. And they're going to hear, oh, you don't believe in that stuff. Shh, just be quiet. Just, just shh. You don't need that. You don't, listen, that stuff don't work. Why would you write anything on a piece of fabric? Shh, just put, your, put the lid back on your Sharpie and sit down. And all of your buddies will tell you spiritually what to do. Shh, shh, you're fine. This leads us to the third one that I want to, want to share, and it's this. Do not assume. Think in your mind, what happens when you make assumptions? Yeah, you know. <laughs> do not assume that God is aware of your problem. Make sure or make some noise in his direction. Now, do I think that Jesus was aware of Bartimaeus? Absolutely, I do. I believe that God was the, I mean, that Jesus was the perfect reflection of God, that Jesus was God in the flesh, that, God, that in Jesus God moved into the neighborhood and dwelt among us. Like I believe that Jesus was fully God and fully man. I believe that Jesus knew about Bartimaeus. But it begs the question, then why in the world is he on the other side of the street and not right by Bartimaeus to begin with? If all the people out that day, didn't Bartimaeus need Jesus a little bit more than the other guys? But for some reason, and I'll get to in a second on what I think, Jesus is not close by, and so Bartimaeus has to shout at the man, Jesus! Woo! Jesus! Over here! Right? And it gets Jesus' attention. I think Jesus wants you to want him. I think Jesus wants the relationship. Like, we rely on so many things other than God. This is, this is our great struggle in the West. We have everything that we need. We think we're so rich, but yet we're so poor. We have made so many versions of God that meet every need that we have that we don't ever really have to cry out to the man himself because, well, we got it covered. Man, Jesus, Bartimaeus is shouting out because he knows that it's only the Lord that's going to be able to change his life. Listen, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, 
Like if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then why don't you call out to the man? And why don't you call out to the man in his directions? And why don't you make sure to the best of your ability that he has your full attention? Don't assume that. Don't assume that. Like lay your head on your pillow at night going, well, you know what? I did my best to make sure Jesus knew about me. Think back on the Exodus story. The Ten Commandments played last week. I've got it recorded. It's like 16 hours long with commercials. It's crazy. But in the Exodus story, we read that the Lord heard the cries of the Israelites and then sent Moses. Like, let the Lord hear your cries, that you need him. Man, shout in the direction of the Lord and do not assume that he is aware. Men, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure that he knows that you're struggling. Now, I want you to notice what happens next. Because here is one of the frustrating things about being a pastor. We hear people shout all the time, period. I want to see us shout all the time, comma, and then what happens next? Some of us were really good at crying out to God. We wipe our eyes and then we go on about our life. That's not what happens in Bartimaeus' story. Let's see if you can, uh, you can discover maybe something new in your life as you shout out to God. Look what happens. So Jesus says, he says, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, have courage, get up, he is calling you. What does Bartimaeus do next? Will you guys read that to me? He, okay, uh, some of you didn't read it, and that's fine, but I want you to at least see it and know that you have the opportunity to read it. So let's do that part one more time. Okay, let's read that together. He threw off his cloak, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you see there? Action. But note, but it's important on the action. First of all, I want you to notice what he does. He threw off his cloak and jumped up. Now, let me kind of go a little, just a little bit deeper into that. When your life is really, really bad, you still will find ways to have comfort in your pain. In your pain, and in when life is really, really bad and it stinks, you will still find ways to be comfor- comfortable. Even in the worst situations, even in the poorest situations, people find ways to comfort themselves. It may be apps that keep you distracted. It might be prescription meds that keep you numb. It might be alcohol or other drugs. But in your pain, you find ways to keep yourself comfortable amidst your, mem- your misery. So did Bartimaeus. He had a comfortable spot to sit. He didn't have much. But if i got to sit here on this sidewalk and be in pain all day, at least my hiney's going to have a little cushion. At least I'm going to have this cloak wrapped around me so that I can stay warm or stay dry. And when Jesus says, come, what does Bartimaeus do? He leaves his comfortable things behind. Like he doesn't say that. He grabs it all. Hang on, Jesus, i got to pack all my stuff up. He takes all of the things that he had put into his life to bring comfort in a life of misery, and he throws it off of himself. He jumps up, and he does what? He comes to Jesus. This is so fun. Do you know who is associated with every miracle in the Bible? Starts with a capital J, right? Our Messianic Jewish friends will say Yeshua, Jesus. He, he is a p- part of every single miracle in the Bible. And it is an invitation that he makes to Bartimaeus to come to me. Jesus offers you this invitation. Come to me. Come to me. Hey, Bartimaeus, you stay right there, buddy. I know life's been hard. You probably wore out. You stay right there. You're good, buddy. See you later. 
No, no, no. He says, invites them to come to me. I want to show you some examples. God's got a nasty habit of doing this throughout the scriptures. Really nasty habit of, of, of asking people to come to me. I want to give you several here. All right, let's go through these. They're on the screens only, all right? So let's power through these. First of all, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And what will he do? I'll give you rest. But Jesus, you don't understand how tiring it is just to come to you. Wouldn't it be easier since you want me to rest if you just come to me? Because I'm tired. Like, life is hard. And you want me to go to Bible study? You want me to go Wednesday night to eat the word? Like, you don't understand. By Wednesday, I'm exhausted. And you're saying, come to me? Lord, I know, I know. I'm t- you, want, you want me to get up early or stay up a little later so that I can open your word and, and read like, like you want me to? Wouldn't it be easier if you just, like, sprinkled some fairy dust on my life? There's this invitation where Jesus says, no, 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 no. Come on, you're going to come to me. Look at this next one out of Matthew as well, 1914. But Jesus said, how about the little kids? We did this this morning. We got to pray over Nevaeh. She's having surgery on Tuesday, and we prayed for her this morning. Let the little children come to me and do not try to stop them. Why? For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Right? Little, little kids. Like they just trust. Like my, my kids have no idea about life. They just trust my wife and I, Jen. They just trust us. And Jesus says, like, let the little ones come to me. Like, bring them here. How about this next one? Let's keep moving on. Uh, John six thirty seven. Everyone whom the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will never send away. He's not going to send you away. Guys, listen, if your posture this morning is, I don't know anything about the Bible, and I'm not even sure if God is real, but if your posture is just leaning in, even just a little bit towards the Lord, he will meet you. He will meet you. If you're leaning, just like... Let your pride in that hard, hard heart and hard, hard mind of yours, let it just be kind of softened just a tad and just change the angle of your posture towards Jesus. Lean in and watch what the Lord might do in your life. Let's continue on. John six forty four. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Uh, I said on these cards last week that that's not my business. I'm not going to read them, right? So if you want to fold them up where people can't read, nobody's going to unpin them and look. But for those of you who wrote it on the outside, I went and read. So I'm nosy, right? I didn't unfold anything, but if it was there. And one of them says, Jesus, would you recklessly pursue me? Recklessly pursue me. We sang a song about recklessly pursuing, right? Here, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent, him, sent me draws him. God is drawing. You know how many people aren't in church this morning? You know how many people uh, maybe weren't invited to church this morning, but somebody invited you, somebody begged you. God is using somebody in your life to draw them to himself. Let's continue on. John seven thirty seven. on the last day of the feast, the greatest day, Jesus stood up and shouted out, if anyone is thirsty, there's a water fountain right over here. No, come to me. Come to me. Like some of us, we're spiritually, like we're, we have questions, we have spiritual questions, and you're hitting every fountain drink out there except Jesus. This is one of my frustrating things as a pastor. You church kids who are growing up, you won't hold this to truth, and you'll call out all the flaws that you think you discover in God's word, but yet you'll hold everything that every other author says as the word of truth that must not be refuted. Makes no sense to me. But not this. Can't trust this. Oh, that was written by man. But I'll trust all these other guys who write about God. No, 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 no. Man, listen, let's lean in, right? If anyone is thirsty, man, drink this stuff up. Drink it up. Get full on the word of God. We got one more? No? 
All right, let's continue on our insert here. What I want you to discover is this. Jesus calls you to himself. Jesus not only hears you, Jesus invites you to come to himself. Like he not only hears you shouting, he then says to you, here's the thing, come to me. Whatever you wrote on the board, if you were here last week, whatever you wrote on these cards from several weeks ago, here's the invitation. I hear you, Jesus says. Now, how in that situation do you come to me? How, think about what you wrote. How do you take a step in the direction of Jesus? In the current area of your life, if you weren't here and you didn't do that, and you're like, man, I'm asking God to show up in this particular way, what is a step that you can take in the direction of God? How is God inviting you to come to me? This is something I think we often miss. Maybe you're great at crying out to God. Maybe you're excellent at making some noise in the direction of Jesus. And maybe you've also neglected his invitation to come to me. Let's notice what Bartimaeus did. Here's the Bart process. One, Bart made some noise. Right? He made some noise. He got loud. Number two, Bart got Jesus' attention. He made sure he knew. If Jesus passed Bart up, it wasn't going to be because Bart didn't try. If Jesus doesn't respond to what's going on in your life, man, it's not because you didn't get loud. No assumptions. Number three, Jesus calls Bart to himself. Hey, Bart, I hear you. Come to me. Number four, Bart comes to Jesus. See, Jesus invites you to come. He will not make you. Can I say it again? Jesus invites you to come to him. He will not make you. There's a great scripture that speaks to this truth. It's in John chapter 5, verse 39 through 40. This is what Jesus says. He's talking to churched people, and he says, You study the scriptures thoroughly because you think in them you, you, uh, you, think in them you possess eternal life. And it is these same scriptures that testify about me. It's like a way of saying these are the, the scriptures that you read looking for eternal life. One translation would say they point to me. They, everything you read, it points to me, but you are not willing to what? Come to me so that you may have life. What, 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 what? It means that we cry out to God in prayer. We cry out to God reading the Bible and soaking more knowledge in, more stories, more stories, more stories, but we never move. We never move in the direction of Jesus. You know a ton of stuff, but you don't take a step towards the Lord. He's inviting you. Come on. Come on. Let's do this. But we want to say, I want to sit here and I got to read this. No, no, no. Listen, you're missing it. Everything that you're reading is pointing to this relationship that I'm drawing you into. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Jesus asked a most important question next. Okay? Because this continues on. Jesus asked Bartimaeus and Jesus asked you, what do you want me to do for you? So Bartimaeus gets up and he comes over. He actually does what Jesus says. And then Jesus looks him in the eye. Bartimaeus can't see. And Jesus says, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do? Now, do you think Jesus would have took, we could have taken a guess? I bet this guy wants to see. But Jesus doesn't make assumptions either. Jesus wants to make sure that Bartimaeus knows what Bartimaeus wants. Now, I'm going to hit pause and I'm going to tell you about something we're starting tonight. Okay? Starting tonight, I'm going to put up the screen here, starting at 5 to 6.30, we are leading out in an intentional prayer gathering. Now, how many of you went to a, any type of prayer meeting when you were a kid? Okay, it's not that. Okay, it's not that. Let me tell you what it's going to be. For my leaders in the room who are going to be helping lead this tonight, would you guys please stand real quick? I didn't ask you to do this, but I want you to stand. They're older, so they can't really stand real quick, but they're going to stand. All right, so... 
I'm sorry, Al. Awesome. You guys keep standing. Keep standing. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. And there's more of us. I'm going to be, I'll be here too. And there, and there might be, and yeah, and Cheryl. Okay. So here's what's going to happen tonight. If you choose to come back because you need a miracle, you're going to walk into the lobby and one of these awesome people are going to hand you a piece of paper that has two questions. What is your name and what do you need prayer for? And if you write on your piece of paper, I just need prayer, they're going to hand it back to you and say, eh, sorry, we ain't doing that. What do you need prayer? What are you asking Jesus to do? What is your miracle? What is it? And you're going to turn it in. And then you're going to come in this room. And Curtis is going to have music playing, nice, soft, kind of like reflection-type music. And you're going to have about 20 minutes. We're going to give you a, a prayer guide with scriptures all over it that deal with a lot of different things. And for like 20 minutes, you're going to get to sit just by yourself and reflect on these scriptures, on what God might be saying to you. You're, you're kind of marinating in the Word. You're just soaking it up, right? At some point, about 20 minutes, one of these folks are going to tap you on the shoulder. And it might be Ann if you're a lady. And Ann might tap you, tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, uh, Brenda, can I, can I pray with you? And Brenda will go, yeah. And Ann's going to take you over, in a, just a, you and her, right? If it's a guy, maybe Zach co-taps you on the shoulder or Pastor Charlie. If you're a couple, maybe Al and Pat, they come and they just say, hey, let's pray together. And it's not going to be, okay, bow your head, close your eyes, let's pray. They're going to say, hey, you wrote on your card that you really need prayer for this. Tell me more about that. Let's unpack it. And they're going to talk about you. And they're going to talk about what you're asking the Lord to do. It's going to be very personal and it's going to be very specific. Right? And we're going to spend time praying for you this evening. And when we're done, we're going to pray for you. And then we're going to ask this question in some form, some way. What are you hearing God say? How is God inviting you into a relationship in this moment? And on the back of that card that you wrote down my name and what I want prayer for, on the back it asks that question, what do you think God wants you to do? And then you're going to write that in, and that's what you're going to keep for the next week as you follow Jesus in this, in this prayer time. You guys can sit down. Thank you for standing. Now here's the thing. Don't tell me you don't need this. Do not lie to me. I'm not sure how much more I can take. I'm so exhausted from trying to reach my children. I don't feel like we are in a full partnership. It's so hard to stay in a loveless marriage. Can we keep going? That's your cards. Don't don't tell me that you don't need a miracle. And don't tell me that you don't need Jesus to show up in your life. Don't tell me that things are good. And also don't say, well, my church doesn't care. We care. If you're here in the room and you're a prayer warrior and you have faith to see people healed of all types of things in their life and you didn't stand because you didn't know about that, you're invited to join that team. They're going to gather tonight at 4.30, right? 4.30 before it starts. You come in, they're gonna, we're going to get on the same page and we're going to get ready to do some heavy lifting. Amen? Guys, listen. I am asking Jesus to show up so big in this church, to, to radically change your life. We're going to do this for the rest of the month of April. And if, you know, we might keep it, but we're going to start in April, right? And it starts tonight from 5 to 6.30. You're invited to come. You don't have to pray out loud. Nobody's going to make you do anything weird. We're just going to hear what's going on in your life, and we're going to lean in and pray for you. Amen? All right, let's wrap this up. Finally, you need to write in there, do you know what you want Jesus to do? And then notice what happens next. And Curtis, I'm going to invite you and the ladies to come on up. And we're going to go into a time of communion in just a moment. But notice in Mark 10, 51 through 52, notice how the story ends. The blind man replied, Rabbi, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. 
What's the next word? What's that word? Sometime later. Immediately, immediately, he regained his sight. And what happens next? And what? Oh, my goodness, is that not strong? Bartimaeus has got his eyesight, and he's like, oh, great, I get to go to the Rockies and see the peaks. Or I can go to Niagara Falls now and see this huge waterfall. Or where's that girl I used to know back in high school, right? He follows Jesus on the road. I'm telling you something. Throughout Scripture, when God grabs your heart, when God grabs your mind, when God changes your life, you know what I found? Because I'm one of these cats. We like to follow Jesus. If you struggle following Jesus,